Welcome to the Staying Connected podcast, the preaching ministry of Rosemont Baptist Church in Montrose, Colorado. I'm Pastor Roland Kennison, and I want to thank you for listening. Rosemont Baptist Mission is passionately bringing people face-to-face with the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. It's our prayer that through this podcast, you'll hear our passion for the gospel and that you will truly experience the transformation that only Jesus can bring. I pray you find the following sermon encouraging and challenging and that it will build you up in the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. And one more thing before we begin. If any of the sermons on our podcast have been helpful to you, would you please let us know? It would be a great help and blessing to us to know that this ministry is being used by God in your life and ministry. Would you tell us where you're located and specifically how this ministry has helped you? We greatly anticipate hearing from you. You can simply email your response to pastor at rosemontbaptist.org. Now, let's begin our time today. We are going through the book of Galatians, and we just started last week, and today we're going to talk about false teaching and the dangers of false teaching. So we're going to be in in Galatians chapter 1, starting in verse 6, and we'll read 6 through 9, and here's, here's what the Word of God says. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another. Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. As we have said before, so I say it again, If any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you for your word, the word of truth, the real gospel. And I pray today that that you would move in our hearts. God, that you would put up the the barriers, the, the guardrails in our life to keep us on the real path, that we would not allow false teachers in, into our lives, into our church. And God, I pray that you would help us be so uh, in tune with the truth, that we, we know the truth so well that whenever there might be a false teaching that pops up, that we would know immediately this is not true. Let us fall in love with your word. Help us to to know it, to let it be part of us. Help us walk with you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So there's a report in July of 2014 that stores that included Macy's, J.C. Penney, Lord and Taylor, and some others, they were found selling rubies that were not genuine rubies. An investigative reporter had gone to several of these different stores and bought rings and necklaces, jewelries, and said, are these rubies? And they were assured these are genuine rubies. But when they were bought and taken and looked under a microscope and examined what these were, were uh, these were false jewels that were 90% glass. There was a mineral found in them that rubies contained but then glass lead glass was brought in heated up and kind of formed and then and then cut and polished to make it look like it was a ruby but they were not rubies and these stores were selling ruby rings at like twelve hundred dollars a pop And you can imagine the the amount of money that rubies, real rubies, would be be selling for when the guy said these are only worth half that much. And in my opinion, I'm not sure they'd be worth that much. But they they were not real rubies. If you looked at them under a microscope, you would see air bubbles that the glass, the heated glass, would would produce. 
you would not find air bubbles in a natural ruby. But when you make a false one, there are air bubbles. So if your birthday's in July, you know, your birthstone's a ruby, and you're going to go buy one, you want to be careful. That was 2014. Maybe they're, they're done doing that, but you want to you be careful. That's the problem with counterfeits. They look like rubies. They feel like rubies. You may even want them to be rubies, but they're colored glass. That is the problem with counterfeits. And I believe the greatest threat to the church today isn't a political push for the church to adopt cultural standards. I don't believe the threat, the greatest threat, is people attempting to attack the church. Those have been around for a long time. The greatest threat, I believe, is the pervasiveness of counterfeit gospels, which have been around since the very, very beginning. I think that's the threat to the church today. We have people who are filling stadium-sized churches and people coming from all over and have a worldwide ministry and they deny the essentials of the Christian faith. You walk in a Christian bookstore and you'll see books lining the walls of best-selling authors who reject the Trinity. You'll have people who, who will sell out conferences and, and people come to listen to them who will deny the essential, the, the, that there is something called sin and, and th- there's those who would deny the existence of a real and literal hell and they are sold out in their conferences. They may look like the real gospel. They may feel like the real gospel. We may even want them to be the real gospel, but it's a false gospel. It's a counterfeit, and I believe that's the greatest battle the church has to fight today. And like the scripture says, there is nothing new under the sun. Because this is exactly what Paul was dealing with. Paul had the same trouble in the church in the Galatian region of the world, modern-day Turkey. And he, we saw last week, he introduced himself, and when he did, he wanted to make sure they understood, I am an apostle. That's how he started it. Paul, apostle, not from men. This is, this is, that, that's how terse it is in the Greek language. He says, I am one who can come in and tell you what the truth is, and this is a false gospel. And so they have, he's made sure he's understood that he is a true minister of the gospel. And what we miss here in Galatians is that he skips over the normal praise and prayer for his readers that we find in his books. A lot of those we love reading. Just think of Philippians when he starts off to the Philippian church. I thank my God for every remembrance of you because in my prayers I'm praying for you always. And he pours out his love to these people. This is not there in Galatians. Paul's angry. Paul Paul is upset with this church that is veering off into false gospel. He gets right to the issue right after he says, I am here, I am a false, I am a true minister, and I am here to combat false teaching. He starts off right off the bat and drives his point home. He says false teachers are dangerous and their message is destructive. Now I want to be crystal clear here. I'm going to be talking about false teachers and false doctrine. And I'm not talking about a teacher who says something a little wrong once in a while where he makes a mistake. I've done that. I've said things. And some of you come up and say, you said this. And I'm like, oh, that, that was wrong. <laughs> That's not right. And come up and have corrected that. The mistakes are not what we're talking about. And we're not talking about somebody who disagrees with us on a point that Christians can disagree on. 
Because there are some points in Christianity, what comes to mind is end times, that Christians, people who love the Lord, saved by the grace of God, and, and can, can walk and worship with one another, we disagree maybe on how the end is going to happen. Mainly because Jesus says, I don't know how it's going to happen, so I don't know how we all know how it's going to happen. So there's some disagreements, but there is, there's still love and unity there. Maybe some, some differences. Those are not what I'm talking about here. I'm referring to someone who blatantly twists Scripture and teaches doctrines the Bible never intended to, to have someone hold to, and they do so in a way that benefits them, and it... And it, it paints God in a picture that is different than what the Scripture says. And they do so continually, even after being warned, saying this is a false gospel. That's what we'll be talking about today. So what can we learn about Paul's message here to the Galatian church? And so the first thing, for, the lesson for us that we can take away is in verse 6, we must watch who we follow. We must watch who we follow because false teachers deceive people. Look what Paul says. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. Paul was amazed at what was happening in this church. And the word amazed here, it means to marvel it means to be astonished. But the word not only indicated this astonishment and, and, and surprise, but it expresses irritation as well. It it's might even be, he's saying, I am dumbfounded that you could do this kind of thing. You hear this irritation in his voice. And the phrase is constructed in a way that indicates this continual attitude. Paul saying, every time I think about what's going on in the Galatian church, it dumbfounds me. I am astonished by this. I can't get away from the thought that these Christians have quickly deserted the grace and went right into the law. And so he is, he is dumbfounded. You know, we have a lot of access to me messaging in today's world. And we can go online and you can click and you can get a pastor from across the country. Or you can get some guy who's sitting in the basement of his house and he's recording uh, spiritual thoughts. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful who we follow, and what we're listening to, we can be deceived. So we need to take careful watch on who we follow because false teachers sound good. They are excellent speakers. They speak way better than I ever could. These false teachers, they just have golden voices. And they just draw you in. And they can make a lie sound so very good. But Paul tells us why we are to watch who we're following. We need to be careful on who we're following. He said, first of all, the false teachers, they turn from God in the first part of verse 6. He says they are turning from God. He was flabbergasted. And he was very surprised at two things. One, the speed. Uh, well, first, it was just their desertion. That they were, they were deserting. He says, you have turned away. You're quickly deserting him, he says. It's the word that's used for desertion in a military. It's, it's a term that meant someone who, was, who went AWOL. Or someone who was, who was mutinied. Uh, you know, starting a mutiny on, on a ship. They were deserting. They went AWOL. They were, they were mutinying. I don't even know the plural word. I mean, the, the, the ING word of mutiny. Anyway, but they were planning a mutiny against Christ. They deserted 
against the God of creation. And Paul's really what he's doing, he's telling them they are turncoats, they are traitors, they are running a wall, they are skipping out on what they should be doing. He was amazed at their desertion and he was amazed at the speed. He says, I am amazed that you deserted and so quickly they had just come to know Christ and they had, they had been growing in Christ and the false teachers came in and immediately they ran to the direction of the false gospel. They had trusted the truth and these false teachers came in and they immediately started following what these guys were saying. The lesson here for us is that we need to watch. We need to be careful on who we listen to. I know watching who we listen to doesn't make sense, but you get what I'm saying. We take, we're standing guard. We're alert. We are being careful at what our ears listen to and who we follow because it's amazing how quickly those false teachers can take someone who, who knows the word and just a little bit of lies prod in there and then doubts start forming and we start thinking and we are just quickly moved away from the truth. False teachers, they turn from God and they turn to a different gospel. It says in verse 6 and verse 7, he says, they turn for a different gospel which is really not another the word different here in the Greek is the word heteron. We hear that in the word hetero. It means a different kind. He's saying that these, these, this fake gospel is as different from the gospel as a man is a different from a woman. Then, there, you know, there might be some similarities, but they are completely, completely different things. And then he says, but really, it's not even another gospel. It's not even a different gospel. It's something holy and completely different. No one would ever think of calling this false gospel a gospel unless their intent was to confuse those who were listening. He's saying these are not another gospel. He was amazed that they had turned from the grace of God and followed this different gospel. And the fact of the matter is there is one true gospel. And it's essential that we know that one gospel. There is one way to heaven. All roads don't lead to God. Regardless of what you've been told or what's popular to say, there is one path that leads to eternal life. Acts 4.12 says this, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. That's how critical this message is. There is only one way to receive forgiveness of sins, one way to be saved, one way to path toward God, and that is through Jesus Christ. It is not through our works, it is not through just having positive thoughts. It is through the blood of Jesus Christ. There is salvation in no other name. And Paul says that's the only thing he preached in 1 Corinthians 2, 2. I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. In 1 Corinthians 3, 11, he says, No man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. The one true gospel is the message that the one true God sent salvation through Jesus Christ and there is no other path. There is no other way. There's no under, another name that can bring salvation and it's critical that we carefully choose those we listen to because false teachers will bring in another message. They'll make Jesus something less than what he is. They'll make you more than what you are. They will mix not only Jesus' death, but your works and say, yes, Jesus died, but you have to pray and you have to ask for this and you have to do this and you have to do this this many times and you have to continue on and, 
And it's a false gospel that doesn't bring salvation. It is in Christ and Christ alone. And counterfeit gospels, while there's only one true gospel, there is an innumerable amount of false gospels, right? Counterfeits are everywhere. In March 2019, there was a report from the Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development. I don't know what that is, but the report was from them. Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development. They said 3.3% of the world trade was trade in counterfeits every year. And that equates to $500 billion that's lost each year when people buy counterfeits. Now, I'm talking about counterfeit stuff right now. The number one counterfeit good that was seized was footwear. 22% of counterfeit goods that are seized are shoes. Things like Nike tennis shoes and Adidas and all this. They're counterfeit. 22% of everything that's seized are shoes. There has been 2.5 million pairs of fake Uggs uh, seized by U.S. Customs. I'm not exactly sure what Uggs are, but I think they're some kind of shoe. Okay, they're boots, some kind of boots. 2.5 million since 2007. 16% of counterfeit goods are fake clothing. The EU loses 10% of their total sales to counterfeit clothes sales. Leather goods are on the list as well. 13% of seized goods are leather goods like purses and bags. And I'm sorry, ladies, but it sure sounds like you can't take advantage of shoes and clothes and purses. I don't know. I'm like, someone's being targeted here, if you ask me. But fake electronics, fake electronics make up 12%. This area is so good. This, these fake electronics are so good that it, it, that it fakes even the employees. In China, they had some Apple stores that had to be shut down. There were 22 Apple stores that had to shut down because they were fake Apple stores. The employees showed up. They had their blue Apple Geniuses T-shirt on, and every one of them thought they worked for Apple, and every one of them was working for a false Apple store. And they had no idea. It was all fake. And that's the danger of false teachers and false teaching. You ask anyone in one of those stadium-sized churches where the guy denies the actuality of sin and thinks Jesus was just some good guy, and every one of them will say, I love my church. And it's not even a church because it's not based around the gospel of Jesus Christ. A false teacher has turned from the true gospel and they teach as though what they're teaching is true and their students feel like they're part of the real thing, but they're serving the equivalent of a fake Apple store in China. They're not turning from a set of beliefs. They're not simply turning away from a set of principles. They're not turning away from a church. They're turning away from God himself. That is what Paul is saying. Jesus said there would be people going to do this. It says in Matthew 24, 24, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show, look what it says, great signs and wonders. They're going to do great things so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. If you're a believer here today and you're saying, I'm a believer, I could never be deceived. That's not what Jesus said. He said they might even do something that could possibly make the elect be deceived as well. We need to be careful what religious leaders we allow into our lives. And guys, you know what? We need to be, we just need to make sure truth is coming into our lives. We have what are called news stations, and I think we all know they're not, on 24-7 maybe in our house, and they are pumping anything in but news. There's a lot of opinion being brought into our houses. And these people may not be followers of the one true God. They might be depending on their works to get to heaven instead of trusting in Christ alone. 
And I've seen where people believe whatever these talking heads tell them and they begin to change the way these people's spiritual mindset goes where believers all of a sudden become afraid what's going on in the world instead of standing bold on the cross of Christ saying, what can man do to me? If God is with me, who's, who's against me? I've seen people who, who shift from the, where, what the Word of God says to what their political party says. I see followers of Christ cursing the name of people they disagree with. And James says, there cannot be blessing of God and cursing of a human coming from the same mouth. You cannot get salt water from a fresh well, James says. We cannot allow false teachers into our lives. And it doesn't mean that we just let Joel Osteen on the TV. That's one false teacher. But there's all kinds out there that are helping believers move away from the one true God. We need to be careful who we follow because false teachers deceive people. They'll turn you away from God and turn you toward a different gospel. But Paul also says in the last part of 7, we need to carefully listen to what's preached. We need to carefully listen to what's preached because false teachers distort the gospel. We need to carefully listen to what's preached because false teachers distort the gospel. He says in the last part of 7, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. We always have to have our, our mind engaged. We always do. There's certain pastors I love listening to on my podcast, and I turn them on, and I love listening to them, but we have to have discerning ears. And we have to say, is this person preaching what the gospel says, or is this more of opinion? And yes, we should be able to find someone that we can listen to over and over again and understand that they preach the truth. But that doesn't mean we shut off our mind when we're listening to them. We're to love the Lord our God with all our mind and soul and heart and strength. So we need to carefully listen to the Gospels. Because, I mean, to, the, to, to what's being preached, because false preachers distort the gospel. Paul says when they do that, they disturb the church. We have to be like the Bereans. These false teachers were going through the church, and they were creating seismic disturbances. The word disturbing there is literally to shake back and forth like an earthquake. And it was used many times for political agitators that would cause confusion and turmoil for political gain. A false teacher would come into a church or a home. It's like a spiritual earthquake happens and everything starts shaking and things fall apart and things are tossed back and forth and then everything's left in a rubble. When Paul says they're disturbing the church, he's saying that's what happens. False teachers help destroy a church. Just look at some of the mainline denominations that are out there who have said, we're going to reject what the Word of God says about sin, and we're going to accept what the culture says that is not sin, and watch the effectiveness of those denominations. And before we get too high on our pride horse, our denomination has had its fair share of troubles as well. And we, we need to make sure that we, as a local body, are standing on the Word. False teachers are trying to bring us in line with culture instead of keeping us standing on the Word of God. Thankfully, this last week at the annual convention, our folks, I believe, stood voted to stand on biblical principles. Not real thrilled about the president, but we, we can watch and see what he's going to be doing. The president of a Southern Baptist Convention is what I'm talking about. False teachers are always bring about disturbances in the church. They shake and they shake like an earthquake and bring, bring it to rubble. 
and their method of bringing this disturbance is that they distort the gospel. Any false doctrine, any false doctrine begins with Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus Christ and what did he do? And we start looking at false doctrine and and we start seeing that they, they chip away at who Jesus was. Well, maybe he was not completely God. Maybe he was half God and half man. Well, that's not what the scripture says. And it distorts who he is. Maybe his blood didn't cover the sins for all people. But the scripture says it did. Maybe we have to earn a little bit of our salvation because surely we got to do something to get this. So there must be some good works we have to do to earn salvation. But that's not what the Scripture says. You've been saved by grace through faith and not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not a result of works. So no one can boast. It seems there's evidence that these false teachers believe that God loved the world and sent his son and Jesus died and rose from the dead seems like they believe that but what they believe different was that God sent his son only for religious people that he came not to die for sin but to show us how to live a good life and earn God's approval and what they believed was that Jesus' death was not enough. You have to do more than trust the grace of God. They said you had to become a Jewish person first. You had to be circumcised. You had to do this religious activity first, and that created the door which you could come into Christ. And that's not what the Scripture says. The basis for false teaching is the person or work of Jesus Christ or both. And this this is insidious and it's subtle and we have to be aware of it it's just a little here and a little there and pretty sure pretty pretty soon you'll be way off course it's my understanding when they shot the man to the moon there was something like 10,000 course corrections you would think there's a giant rocket there's a giant moon you kind of aim it and you know you can hit it right I mean, come on, it's a big target. But you get going, and if you're just a few inches off here, you're, you're, you're thousands of miles off when you get to the moon. And so they constantly had to adjust their course. And that's what we are called to do. When we hear anyone preach or talk about spiritual things, we hear anything of a spiritual nature, we need to be careful what's being said so the true gospel isn't distorted. We sometimes get very excited when there's a celebrity, a football player or a movie star or someone who says, I'm a Christian. And man, that's when our, our radar should go up and listen. Are they truly preaching the gospel or is it just some spirituality they picked up somewhere? And more importantly, we need to guard against our lives. It's not about pointing fingers. It's about that we have so many places we get religious teaching today. We have radio and internet and TV and conferences and magazines and on and on and on. And we have to continually make these small corrections in order to end up where we desire. Acts 17 talks about the Bereans and we need to be like the Bereans Acts 17.10 the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea and when they arrived they went into the synagogues of the Jews now these, the Bereans were more noble minded than those in Thessalonica for they received the word with great eagerness examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. And therefore, many of them believed, along with a number of prominent Greek women and men. See, these Bereans, they were not people who would not believe anything they were told unless they, you know, prove it to me. You got to prove it to me. Every That wasn't that. 
It was they were eager to hear something from the Lord. But they didn't listen with their minds shut off. They knew that there was Old Testament scriptures. And Paul and Silas come along and they say, Jesus is the suffering servant in Isaiah. And so they go back and they read Isaiah 53 and they say, yeah, yeah he is. And then they go back and they say, you know, the, the, the bronze serpent that Moses lifted up in the wilderness and healed all the people from their sickness, Jesus is that person. And he even said, as the bronze serpent was lifted up, the Son of Man must be lifted up. And so they go back and look and they read and they say, I see the connection here. They knew the Scripture and they knew what lined up with Scripture, but they didn't listen with their minds shut off. We need to be careful who we follow and we need to listen carefully to what's preached. These people were continually vigilant to stand for the truth, and we must be as well. Careful who we follow. Listen carefully to what's preached, because false teachers deceive people. They distort the gospel. And Paul shows us here, listen, we must know what we believe. We must know what we believe. And I don't mean you all need to know what I believe. (laughs) You need to know what you believe. And I need to know what I believe. Paul says if there is someone, look what it says in verse 8 and 9. If someone injects himself in the family, well, let's just look what it says in verse 8 and 9. Even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, He is to be accursed. And as we said before, so I say again now, if any man's preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. Someone comes in, Paul says, and they have come into the family of God. They begin deceiving people, preaching a distorted gospel. That man, he says, is to be accursed. That is a powerful and terrifying word, that word accursed. It literally is the Greek word anathema. And it was originally used to speak about something that was devoted to God that had no chance of being redeemed. Think about the goat sacrifice. The sacrifice that was offered for, let's say, my sin, if I was an Old Testament believer. That goat was paying for my sin, but that goat wasn't going to be redeemed. It was reserved for destruction. That is the word that is used for for this person. A sacrifice given to God. There was no chance that sacrifice was not going to get killed. It was anathema. The word came to mean something that was cursed because there was no hope of redemption. Do you hear what I'm saying? He says here, the person who preaches the false gospel, that smiling face on TV, the guy who's wrote the New York bestseller Christian book who denies the Trinity, Paul says that person is anathema. There is no hope of redemption. They are doomed to destruction, given over to eternal judgment. Yes, if they would repent and turn to the real gospel, then they could be saved. But if they hold to what they believed, they are reserved for destruction, and that is time in eternal hell. Maybe this is a newsflash for you, but there's going to be a lot of preachers in hell. Just because someone's up on stage preaching the gospel of Jesus, or preaching a gospel, but not the true gospel, doesn't mean they're going to make it into eternity. Paul says, uses a word in a different place, a different way. He says this in Romans 9, 13. This is the same word. Paul says, I wish that my, I wish, let me try that again, for I could wish that, I myself were accursed, separated from Christ 
for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Paul used the word accursed there, the word anathema. He defines it as being separated from Christ. These false teachers who will not preach the real gospel, who will not direct people to to the cross of Christ, they are separated from Christ. And Paul says back in Galatians, if someone's found teaching that gospel different to the one that's found in Scripture, that person is doomed to hell to be separated from Christ. It's a dangerous thing to fall into the hands of a false teacher. And Paul is trying to make that point across. We have to be careful of who we're listening to. The gospel is greater, he says. Listen to this. The gospel is greater than the apostles. If Peter himself showed up at our doors and said, you know what, if you do a little good and trust in Jesus a little bit and you trust in all that, your works and faith, you're going to be good to go, that person is accursed. Paul says, if we or the apostles or their companions, they preach something different, let them be accursed. We, again, we think if the apostles show up, not that there's any apostles in the same sense that there was with Peter and Paul, but that we would just take anything they said as truth. And Paul says, if even apostle says something different than the gospel, let them be doomed to destruction. The gospel is greater than the apostles. He says the gospel is greater than angels. If an angel, he says, comes and preaches something different than the true gospel, let them be doomed and given over to eternal punishment. And it's worth pointing out that this is the exact thing that the Mormon church preaches. The Mormon church says there was an angel that came, revealed himself to Joseph Smith, and gave him a new gospel, a new vision of what the gospel is like. And they hold to that different gospel. And Paul says that's not even another gospel. And they've been trying and trying to convince the church of Christ They believe just like us, and they believe in the same gospel as us, and they believe in the same Jesus, but make no mistake, it is a counterfeit. They sound like Christians, and they are good people, but they do not believe in the same gospel you believe in if you hold to the word of God. The gospel is greater than the apostles, it's greater than angels, and the gospel is greater than any man. It says, if anyone, in verse 9, anyone preaches and teaches something different, let them be accursed. And Paul's point here was this. If the apostles are obligated to preach the true gospel, and if angels are obligated to teach the true gospels, then why do these false teachers think they can get away with teaching counterfeit gospels why do they think they can come and lead God's people astray we can't let celebrity and personality blind us if that person is teaching a false gospel if they're a false teacher no matter how much we like them we must know the truth enough to be able to stand up and say that is not what the word of God says I don't care how big your church is. I don't care how many books you've written. It's not what the Bible has to say. We are a priesthood of believers, which means you have the authority to stand on the Word of God. And you have direct access to Christ like anyone else does if you have have trust in Christ. So we must know what we believe when it comes to the gospel. There are always side issues that we are always learning from. But when it comes to who Jesus Christ is and what he has done, we must know that and place our faith in that. Because if we place our faith in a false gospel and a false Christ, we're going to be led astray. We'll be led to eternal judgment and eternally separated from Christ. During the Spanish-American War, there were some transports with supplies for General Schaefer's army that had, 
found it impossible to get anchorage against the shore. And so they were out in the sea a little bit further than they really should have been, but they couldn't get any closer. And so they, they just started to, to push things overboard and try to get them into shore. And the horses that they had on board were not having any of that. And they had, they, they couldn't get the horses and the mules to do that. So finally they did, they shoved them overboard as well. And some of the horses were able to swim directly to shore and get to safety. There were some who were confused and swimming around in circles, not exactly sure where to go. And some started headed out to sea. And they were going to lose these valuable resources. And the ship officers were on deck trying to figure out how to get these horses where they wanted them to go. And finally, the men on board saw this bugler struggling to get up upon the, the point of the rocks out there. And he got up with his bugle and he just started doing his, his bugle calls. And the horses recognized that call. And the ones going out to sea said, there's the bugle. And they turned and they started going toward the one that was blowing the horn. And he played one after the other until his lips turned blue, they said, until every shore, every, every horse made it to shore safely. You know, that, that can be us. There's so many false teachings that vie for our attention. We might be swimming around in a circle, going the wrong direction. But the faithful trumpet call of God's word and the spirit of God who lives inside of us will give us clear direction every time. He will guide us in the confusion and in our struggle. And when and he keeps, you know, he keeps sounding the call. The word of God is there and it is powerful and living. And able to cut between soul and spirit and joint and mar marrow and, and to judge the intents of the heart. God's word never returns void. We can, we can trust in it. And so when we listen to what the word of God says and something doesn't line up with it, we trust in what the word says. So are you careful who you listen to? Is there a teacher you like to listen to and they're not really preaching the Bible, not teaching the gospel, but boy, I love to hear him preach, right? We need to be careful because they can easily deceive people. Do you listen carefully to what's preached? Are you like the Bereans when you hear something preached? When you hear what I preached, are you going and checking it with the word? It's my job to do as best I can to convey to you what the Word of God says. I do my best to leave myself out of it, although you get a lot of me. Sorry about that. But that's my job is to try to give you as much Word of God as I can. And your job is to look and see if I'm doing that. And then call me on it when I don't. Do you know what you believe and why you believe it? Or do you just say, well, I believe that because that's what my church believes. Well, that's not, that's not good enough. When we not only know what we believe, but why we believe it, then our faith becomes our faith. And then we're able to share that with others. I'm going to have you bow your heads and think through this. I don't know what response God would have you have today. Maybe you just need to make the decision to listen a little more carefully when you listen to someone preach. There are some fine, faithful preachers out there who honestly and powerfully give the Word of God. People may not be, you know, your brother sitting next to you in the pew may not be a fan of that pastor, but you love them, and they, but they faithfully preach the Word. Praise God for that. I'm not saying everyone out there is a false teacher by any means. But we need to know there is. 
Are you carefully listening to what's preached by anyone who's preaching? And more importantly than this, do you know what you believe? Because if an apostle comes or an angel comes or anyone comes and preaches something, that's not like the scripture. Paul says he is doomed to eternal destruction. We need to be careful. God, we come to you. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you give us truth, that we're not blindly in this world trying to fumble along, hoping to find our way to you. Your word is our compass. Your word is the direction. It is the power of God unto salvation. It is your revelation of yourself to us. So as we read the word, we know you. And God, it's through the word that we know that Jesus Christ came and died and was risen from the dead to pay the penalty for our sin and give us a a place in heaven. So God, I pray today that if there's someone here who has been trusting in another gospel, maybe they've been trusting in their works, how many times they pray, how many times they go to church, how many times they give to the poor, you know, whatever their work is that they are trusting in, God, I pray today they hear that that is not the gospel. That is legalism, that is law, and God has given us grace in Jesus Christ. God, if there's someone here who needs that message, I pray that they would receive you and know the freedom that comes from trusting in Christ alone. God, for those that are here who have trusted in you, I pray that you would guard our hearts from false teaching and that we would faithfully be in the word so we know the truth so any hint of false doctrine would be identified immediately God I thank you for faithful preachers God I I am thinking of men that I know and then I'm thinking of men that I don't know but I listen to I don't know some of those famous preachers, but uh, the boy, they're good. Some of them are really good preachers. And I thank you that you've given men the heart for your word, and they preach it faithfully and clearly. And God, I pray that you would keep Rosemont safe from any false teaching. Thank you for the elders that we have whose job it is to keep false teaching out of the church. And I thank you for the men who are committed to doing that. And God, I just pray you'd speak to our hearts this morning. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Staying Connected podcast, the preaching ministry of Pastor Roland Kennison from Rosemont Baptist Church in Montrose, Colorado. We pray the Lord will use this sermon to help you in your life and ministry. If you found this podcast helpful, would you consider contributing to our ministry? You can give online at www.rosemontbaptist.org forward slash give. If you live in Western Colorado or you're visiting the area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning. Our services start at 1045 a.m. You can also watch our worship service live through our website at rosemontbaptist.org. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen.